I love church. Church is a great place to be, amen? I had the privilege of growing up in church. I joke that I was born on the front row. I, I don't know what it's like to be in the back row. So many people are terrified to sit on the front row, and I just don't know anything different. I'm the person, you go to a, you're on vacation, and you go to a new church, and they're like, where do you want to sit? I'm like, just put me as close as possible. <laughs> I like being in the front. Um, but this is a family, and I'm so thankful to have grown up in this family. And today is Help Sunday. We do this about once a year. And uh, what Help Sunday is all about is, you know, it takes the body of Christ to have this church function the way God would intend it to function. Pastor can't do it all on his own. The staff cannot do it all on his own. And we're not called to do this on our own. You all have a calling and you all have a part in the local church. And on Facebook a few weeks ago, I saw someone post something and uh, they don't go to church regularly. And and they were posting something about there's this mindset right now in America that's, you know, I don't I don't need church. I, I know God. I love God. Um, it's all about my relationship with God. If him and I are good, then, you know, it's okay if I don't go to church. Church has just become a religious institution. And so as long as God and I are good, then I'm good. And I read that. And when I was reading that, I was kind of like, well, the only thing about that, and it's true, God is first. And, you know, there was a time when there weren't church assemblies like this where people could come. And so what did they do in those days? Well, it was about them and God. And God is first in your life. But Jesus himself set an example for us. And that was that he went to the church at that time, the synagogue, daily, as was his custom. And we are supposed to look at his life, and we are supposed to be what he was on this earth. God also established the local church. This is not a man-made institution. This is established, ordained, and appointed by God. And so we have to be cautious in this day and age to not get so caught up in just, you know, and can you find God in nature? Absolutely. Can you find God in other places, in your room, in your closet? Of course you can. But I will say that God did encourage us to join together and to be a family. Do you want to know one of the reasons why it is so important? Because we need each other. You look at the early church. They did not have a support system besides just their church. The government was against them. The Roman Empire was against them at that time. They had to have each other to survive. Jesus came so that we could assemble together in a local body so that we could be what each other needs. There are times I need something that you can supply for me. And there's times you need something I can supply for you. The church is established by God. And with that, there are members in particular. Turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to take a second. I'm kind of setting the stage um, for Rich. He's going to come up here. We have a couple people who are going to share some testimonies today. Um, but I want us to see from the Word of God why the church is so important, why helps is so important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verse 27 and 28 in the New King James. It says, Now you are the body of Christ. Say, I am the body of Christ. And we are all members individually, so you have an individual part to play in the body of Christ, in the local church. In verse 28 says, and God has appointed these in the church. Say, I am appointed in the church. We all have this place in the church. It says, first apostles, second prophets, and third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps. Everyone say, helps. Helps. 
administrations, and variety of tongues. We all get to have a part in the body of Christ. There is not one person that gets left out. We all have a part to play. I want you to understand that the HELPS team, it is a vital ministry and it is a vital calling in this day and age. This is not just something that we just do because it's our duty, because it's tradition, because we're told we have to, you know, so that pastor can be the preacher. No, it's vital. Can I tell you this? It's a valid ministry. It's a valid calling. Your place in the body of Christ in the local church has meaning and it has purpose. It is so amazing to see what God can do through you, through your service in the church. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'm up here, and yes, I've been up here for a while now, but do you know I did not start up here? Let me tell you where I started. Nikki and I, in middle school, were teaching the preschoolers. In middle school. We were probably too young to be given a class at that time. Laws have changed now where that's not a good idea. We don't do that now. We don't let middle schoolers lead little kids. But back then, in the 90s, that was acceptable. And so that's where I started, was teaching preschoolers. And then it moved up to where then I was teaching the first through fifth grade. And I taught them all of my high school. And then after that, I went to Bible college and I came back and then I oversaw the children's ministry for years. And then after that, I oversaw the youth ministry for years. And then after that, I came on the praise team. And can I just tell you, the praise team was not my ultimate goal here at the church. It wasn't like I was just thinking, okay, now if I serve here, now if I serve here, eventually I'll get to be up here. This was the last place I ever wanted to serve in the church. But you know what? God calls us and he, gives, he equips us with that calling. And so whatever it is that you feel called to do, there's a place for you here in the body of Faith Heights Church. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to read a little bit here about what, what our part is to play in the local church. In Hebrews 6 and verse 10 out of the New Living Translation... It says, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. See, he needs you caring for the believers. He needs you caring for the body of Christ. And as we do that, it says we're showing him our love for him as we love the body. Doesn't that totally go in line with what Dominic was just sharing the offering? We're here to be here for each other. And as we're here for each other, we're showing him how much we love him. The children's workers right now, they're loving God by loving you, by caring for the kids today. See, this is a valid ministry. This is a vital ministry in the local church. We all need to realize the importance of our service to him. One more scripture, Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, and you say, well, I just don't feel called. Well, I heard um, a gentleman named Buddy Bell, he came here many years ago, and he said so many times, he'll be like, I just don't feel led to serve anywhere. I just don't feel led. And he did this illustration one time, no joke, he did this, and I, I thought about it, but I thought about it this morning, so I did not give myself enough time to do it. He actually got pieces of lead and handed it to every person and said, you don't feel lead to serve here. Put this in your pocket. And the next time you say, I don't feel lead, feel the lead that's in your pocket. Because we all are called to serve. And it has nothing to do with what we feel like. 
This is not some super spiritual, oh, if I just, if the Lord just reveals to me in a vision or you throw out that fleece of saying, well, if God, you know, reveals himself in this way, then I'll know I'm called to serve. No, the Bible says we're all called to serve because we're all part of the body of Christ and members in particular. And he didn't leave any of us out. Helps. We're all called to helps. In Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And too many times people read the scripture and think of pastors and prophets and evangelists, missionaries, people who are called to those seemingly great works. No, this says, this does not limit it to just the fivefold ministry. It says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable, which means you have a calling, you have a purpose, you have a ministry. And that ministry for most of us in here is to serve in this ministry if you're called here. Very, very few of us will ever get ministry to step out in and launch in on our own. For the most part, we will assemble together and supply the ministry that's needed and that we're called to do. And so today, as we talk about, we have lots of different departments we're going to talk about. Again, they're all valid and they're all vital to seeing this body flourish and to seeing this valley come to know Jesus. And so as we share some of these things, as some of these people share their testimonies, I just want you to know this isn't just the staff saying this. This isn't just, you know, pastor didn't tell me what scriptures to go to today. You know, this is what's on my heart. And I can tell you from personal experience, the helps team is why I'm still here today. It wasn't just the word. A lot of people hear the word and they're not here today. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just, you know, the events that we have here, the guest speakers that we have here. A lot of people have heard our guest speakers and they're not here today. What's kept me here is the helps team. Because when I've been at my lowest point, I had children that needed to be taught the word of God. And so I got up. I didn't feel like getting up. I maybe cried through all of the, the worship time with the kids, but I, they needed someone to teach them the word of God. And I'm telling you, you don't want to leave. You don't want to go when times are tough. Then have a reason to be here. Have a reason to be here. I can tell you time and time again, I have not wanted to be here, but I had a part to play in the body of Christ. Not just because it's my job. It's because I had someone to be here for. I had someone to care for. And no matter which department it is, when you're here, you're caring for someone. And so I just encourage you, as you hear Rich share, as you hear others share this morning, just remember, this is a valid ministry. Each and every one of these departments we're going to mention today, they're valid and vital to seeing the kingdom of God come to pass in Faith Heights Church. Amen? So I want to start by having my brother come up here right now. Um, again, I say, you know, I've been serving for a long time, but I'm pretty sure you have served the longest here at the church. So he's got a lot of experience under his belt with this. So he's going to share for just a couple minutes about the helps team. Thank you. So <clears throat> you'll have to forgive my voice is a little bit wonky this morning. So if I'm clearing my throat a lot, it's just I woke up that way. Um, so the 90s were cool. But let me tell you, she's my little sister. Okay. She may be more mature than me, but she's my younger sister. I want to be like her when I grow up, but she is my younger sister. The 90s were cool, but let me tell you, all, I'm older than that. So the 80s were where it was at. I was a kid in the 80s. I'm talking like, anybody remember New Kids on the Block in the late 80s? And you got the right stuff, you know, all that. And um, does anybody remember Aquanet, the girls? Uh, the, the girls in my class, I mean, like their hair came into the room like five minutes before they did. 
I felt like it was going to eat me sometimes. Like, ah. But anyway, so I'm talking like when I was a kid. I think I started um, in the nursery maybe when I was like nine or ten, helping out, not leading, of course, but um, helping out in the nursery when I was like nine or ten. Um, and I think I've worked in just about every single um, helps team or helps department in the church over the years, almost every single one of them. I've done um, nursery children's. Um, when I got older, I worked as a youth leader in the youth group. Um, I've done housekeeping, ushers, greeters, publications. I've done media back there. Um, I do music now. Um, I think um, I've worked in the men's, the men's department. I think the only department I haven't worked in is, is Flourish, the women's department. And after, after seeing Brian's um, Christmas yeah. skit up here, I, I now have confidence that he can help me miss Doubtfire my way right into Flourish. <laughs> and then I can like... I can have the complete set. But here, here's, here's what I wanted to say about that, okay? Um, people who... <laughs> if I can make Rich laugh, that's goal complete, mission accomplished. Um, people who do know me know that, or who have known me for a while know that I have somewhat of a complicated medical um, history, pretty, pretty intense medical history, um, and I don't have time to go into it, but I will tell you that as a child, the doctor's report was um, about as bad as it can get, okay? The doctors told my parents... You know, he will die. Enjoy this Christmas. This will be your last Christmas with him. Um, I had IVs. Um, I had a permanent port put into my chest. Um, I was not allowed to eat any food. I went months and months without even being able to eat a crumb of food or even drink water. I could swish, swish water in my mouth and I'd have to spit it out. I couldn't take anything into my body. And the doctor said, you will die. The doctor said, you will never eat food again for the rest of your life. I had a little backpack that I had to carry around with me 24-7 that constantly fed me nutrients through, through that permanent IV. They said, this is going to be your short life, and this is what it's going to be, okay? Um, and then after we got the miracle, the doctors said, they flat out told us, they said, um, all I can tell you is that you prayed for a miracle, and that's what you got, because I can't explain why you're alive. They said, I can't explain why you're walking, okay? And to this day... Now I'm getting, you know, to be an older person, and, and I was supposed to die when I was a small child, and now I'm, like, so happy to be getting older now. And they said I would never be able to eat, and now I just eat like there's no tomorrow, and I love it, and it's great. And, and I am in a job that's physically demanding when I was so weak and underweight as a child that I couldn't even, I couldn't play sports, I couldn't do anything, okay? Now I can do a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying that you will not get a miracle if you're not hooked up with the HELPS team. That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? But it's interesting... If anybody was here last week, you heard Tim talk about his miracle. There's other people in this church who have gotten some pretty intense miracles that happened for them. And I think if you look at the people in this church who have got miracles, you're going to see a common denominator. I think pretty much all of them serve on the helps team or have served. So I'm not saying that that's the only way that you're going to get a miracle. God will work, okay? You know, and, and, and I'm not saying that it, your salvation is compromised if you don't volunteer or if you don't help at all. I mean, the Bible says that it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, Faith, and this is not of ourselves, it is a gift from God, all right? Not by works, so let no one can boast. And I don't know where in the Bible that is, but I'm like at least 112% sure that it's in there somewhere, what I just said. So it's not anything that you do or don't do that's going to get you to heaven or not. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it really does make sense that if you think about it, if you're connected with people, if you're connected with the rest of your body, okay, um, things seem to work out better for you. You have, you have that power source, right? You have that stability. Um, during the times, like Rachel said, when you're having a bad day or having a bad month or a bad year or, or whatever it is, when the evil day comes to you, right? 
you have a support system. You're, you're connected. I'm just saying there's strength in numbers, okay? Sometimes I like to joke, like at work with friends stuff, and I say, um, you know, one of us will never be as stupid as all of us, so let's all get together. But that's just, a, that's not really what I feel. That's just what I say to make people laugh. The truth is, is that there's strength in numbers, and that when you're connected with people, um, things tend to work out better for you. So I would say that um, my personal experience, I, kind of like my sister said, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been connected with Helps Teams over the years. It is a joy to do. It, is, it feels good for you to do. And, and I know it's not all about feelings, but it does feel good. That's like a perk. It's like icing on the cake. But anytime you've heard DJ talk about giving or anybody up here talk or pastor talking about giving and talking about the, the um, law of seed time and harvest and what you sow, you're going to reap and God will not be mocked. That's not just talking about money, right? That's talking about time. Because one thing I've learned over the years is that money comes and money goes. You can make money back. You can lose money. Time, you do not get back. So if we're talking about giving the most precious part of ourselves to God and giving the most important part of ourselves to God, really, isn't it your time? I mean, money is, it's great to give God your money. The church needs money to operate. You know, that stuff is in the natural, but your time is something you're never going to get back. God knows that your time is more precious than money to you. So if you're giving your time, if you're giving yourself, if you're giving your skills, if you're giving the gifts that God has given you and you're giving a portion of those back to him by volunteering or by helping in the helps team here, well, the law of seed, time, and harvest is going to apply. You're going to see blessings. You're going to see success in your life. You're going to see happiness. You're going to see joy when in the natural it doesn't look like there should be any joy. And you're going to have it. I'm telling you, this is a supernatural effect. Don't try and think about it with your natural mind because that's not going to work. God doesn't work with your natural mind. And if it did make sense to your natural mind, it wouldn't be that much of a miracle anyway, right? So it's the stuff that can't be explained is what really gets you. So I would encourage you, no matter what it is, um, God has given all of you gifts that we need. We all, as a family, need you. And just like you need us. So search your heart, pray, ask God, what is it that you can give? What skills do you have? Maybe you... um, Maybe you're awesome at singing or playing an instrument. Come talk, to, come talk to Rachel about the music team. See if they have any needs. Maybe you don't play an instrument, but you just, you love, maybe you're like a metalhead and you just love listening to music really loud and you have an ear for harmony and melody and, and bass and drums and guitars and how it all sounds good together. And we have a, a media department where you can mix for the live stream or help Dorsey back there with the sound. Um, there, there's so many different things. If you love kids, Please go up there. My son, he's 12 years old, and he volunteers every other week up there in the children's church, and he absolutely loves it. Um, so your, your children, your teenagers, they can plug themselves in and help out too. Um, my older son, um, he got an award and actually lettered in school for um, community volunteer work or something like that because of all of the years and hours that he spent um, on the helps team here. So you, your kids, we need all of you. Whatever your skill is, um, even if you just are like, you know what, I want to um, help out with, uh, I'm, I'm a very friendly person, I want to be a greeter. I want to be a smiling face that makes people feel welcome. I know how to make people feel good about themselves. We want you to be a greeter. Um, if you're interested in security um, and that kind of stuff, helping keep our, our um, you know, a tactical mind and you want to help keep our congregation safe and you have an eye for that kind of thing or a feel for that, um, come and talk to me. We'll talk about security. We have a security team. So go out there after the service <clears throat> Don't just like, don't like uh, just get tunnel vision on one particular thing. Go walk around the tables a little bit. Talk to some of the people. Ask questions about, hey, what's it like in this, this team or in this team? Um, I'm telling you, there is a place for you. There is, there, there, every single person in here, we have need of you. So I don't care who you are. If you're in this building, if you hear me right now, or if you're listening on live stream and you're in Grand Junction, come here because we need you.
That's it. Could I get those people that I asked to share their testimony come up? And Tina, if you would go relieve. Veronica. So as we were preparing for this, you know, I got to thinking, um, you know, sometimes it's easy. You, you start looking and it's like, well, you know, Rachel has to do that. It's her job. And I have to do that. It's my job. Well, you know, Isaac has to. He's like, he's, you know, he's like, what? Um, number one son? You know, <laughs> the prince. DJ, I told you, we still love them more than we love you. You're, you're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> we love you, DJ. We love you. <laughs> I mean, if he was number one, that would mean you're number one, Rachel. But that could be possibly the truth, you know. So <laughs> I'm going to have these folks share, you know, their testimony as to what, it, what being on the HELPS team has been. Because they're like, you know, the average Joe and Josephine. So we'll start right here with Michaela. So I'm on the media team. You see me kind of like running around awkwardly. <laughs> um, so being on the media team is really fun. So I'm going to plug that in. If you want to laugh and have fun, go to the media team. <laughs> but um, like Rachel said, like being a part of something really, it, it just like makes you feel welcome. And like even when you don't want to go, you have like a purpose. And that's like... Part of what gives people happiness in life is when you feel like you have a purpose at being somewhere. And being at Faith Heights Church has totally changed my life around. So, yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> my name's Lou, and I play keys on the worship team. And I've been on there off and on for about nine years. And I came here nine years ago uh, totally in the natural world. I grew up out east, a Catholic didn't have any relationship with God. Everything was science and medicine in my background. <laughs> and I came here and I was like blown away. I didn't, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and within two months, I truly gave my life to the Lord. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Joan, for dragging me in here in shackles, and, and uh, which she almost had to. <laughs> like, you're missing God in your life. And, and uh, but and then within six months, I Nikki's like, I heard you were a musician in your past, and I'm like, well, yeah, 20 years ago, <laughs> I, and it was all secular, kind of like Pastor John's background, you know, played in clubs and I played in a symphony too with different instruments. But anyhow, so next thing I know, I'm on the helps team, and I'm like, oh man, I just okay, I just got comfortable coming here, and next thing they want me to play music for God, which was a whole new thing. Well, I, I can just tell you, it literally it took me to a new level of my walk in faith with the Lord. Um, this church, uh, it, it's all about fellowship, and the closest fellowship I have is with so many members of the HELPS team that I'm on, the worship team. You know, starting from Pastor John and Pastor Rich to, to Nikki and Dan's over here and Dorsey in the back and Mark's not here and um, just all these people, um, we've had personal individual fellowship as well as team fellowship, and it it strengthened me, and I, I can't even put into words the power of the Holy Spirit that's been a result of it. And, and as things go in life, my mother, who was a devout Catholic, <laughs> but I used to get her to come here, and she truly got saved. Um, 
she uh, passed away a year and a half ago with Alzheimer's dementia, and Lord had called me to be her caregiver 24-7, and I, I did that for four to five years, and the most challenging thing I ever did in my life. But this, this place gave me the strength to do it, this body of Christ, this family. And when I, there were times I was not able to play on the worship team for about a year, year and a half, because I was taking care of my mom at home. And the devil attacked, and not having the fellowship of the, of the worship team people in my life, I mean, the devil just hit me. I mean, people that know, I mean, I got attacked by Satan. And he wanted me out. He wanted my family suffering and struggling and, and you know, but made it through that challenge. And Bennett was obedient to God and my mother and my father who's already in heaven, thanks to Faith Heights Church and the HELPS team. And as soon as she went to heaven, I came back on the HELPS team. And now I'm at another level that the Holy Spirit has taken me to. And it's because of that. There, I can't describe the power but being on the helps team, I mean, and it doesn't matter what you do. Um, you know, even my friend Gary, you still clean the restrooms at Tuesdays, right? I mean, even if you want to come make sure his long hair doesn't go into the toilet. I mean, <laughs> you'll, you'll get some good fellowship with him. I mean, he's an amazing man of God. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I can't tell you what the helps team can do for you. It, it did it for me. It changed my life. I just feel better up here. <laughs> Anyhow, hi Rose. Is my tie straight? I love you. Anyhow, um, the scripture says to make a decision and dedicate your body to God. To dedicate your body to God. Wow, that's everything. And this is well-pleasing to him. And your reasonable service to him. And spiritual worship to him. I've had an opportunity here. So I've served in every church I've ever been in since I was seven, Isaac. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I have uh, had an opportunity to get close to the leadership here, to sit with them, to get to know them. There's an awesome anointing that I've gotten addicted to that I cannot do without. And I would like to say as you continue to do this, you're sowing to the Spirit. You're sowing to the Spirit. It will affect every area of your life if you sow to the Spirit. It says you will, you, it will lead you to life everlasting, which is life that lasts forever. Do I have another minute? Okay. One more minute. Um, I have a note here. Of recommendation. Okay. It's a little heart, a picture on it. That I received just this week 
I have students. I'm a school bus driver from a first grader. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Okay. If you could see, see, look at the writing. A first grader wrote to me. He walked on my bus and handed this to me and said nothing. He said, thank you for helping me. Helping me. Thank you for helping me. I'm going to try not to cry. In and every way. You can affect people you don't even know. If you're filled with the Spirit and you want to help. He said, thank you for helping me in every way. He said, I love you. Yeah. He spelt it right. L-U-V-E. <laughs> I was touched by this. Thank you for helping me. And every way, in every way, I love you. Thank you for being my bus Iver. <laughs> he forgot the DR. I, I got this after uh, I, I had received an email from Pastor Rich. Um, I, I mean, I, I got this afterwards. And I said, I have some, something I can encourage people with to serve. This little boy, first grader, probably six years old. I believe this is a letter from my father God telling me he's thanking me for everything, in every way, that he loves me. Uh, I, there's probably not many of you that don't know me. My name's Veronica. I've been here for a long time. And I've been helping in children's ministry for a very long time. And when I felt that the Lord was leading me to go to children's ministry, my first question was, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Just in case he didn't know what he was doing, because I absolutely thought I will not like this. I will definitely not be any good at it. But I felt he was leading me to go, so I thought he probably knows what he's doing. <laughs> and so I went and um, many years helped, and it's a privilege, it's a blessing to work with little kids, um, leading them to the Lord, praying with them, just little bits and pieces, teaching them the word. It's such a privilege, it's a blessing. So the preschool opened up, and there came an opportunity to, to help there, and I didn't jump immediately. I was thinking to myself, well, helping a children's church now, you know, and then is one thing, but could I do this every day? Would I want to do this every day? And I wasn't sure, but the more we went on, Andrea and I talked, and I said, I said, yeah, I'll come in. So I came in, and then I watched her and Nikki and Ashton and everybody, wow, they're so good with the kids. They just do such a great job. Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I could never do that. And then the opportunity came along. Would you like to take some classes and be certified and be a lead teacher? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. And it's the most rewarding, fulfilling thing that I did not know I was going to love. I really did not think I would like it, and I didn't think I would be good at it. But following the Lord, he, he brought me here. He put me here. And um, I, others have probably said this, but it, it's an opportunity to do something with eternal significance something that's going to matter forever. And um, that's true of any department, any, anywhere you help in the church, anywhere. 
it's opportunity to do something significant in eternity. So, I guess this is on. Uh, if we could turn in our Bibles to, uh, is this Matthew? Yeah, I'm sorry. Matthew uh, 6.25 in the NLT, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Don't they, they don't plant a harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And this is the main thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. One of the things I saw in all this, and when Rich asked me to speak, is that um, and uh, the helps team will stay, help you stay in the body. If you are not on a helps team or do, somehow contributing to the body, you're not plugged in. You're not, being, you're not offering energy to the body. You're not feeding the body. You're not doing this. I've, I started out in this church when we were down on Morning Glory Lane. I've been in, I think I was in the church for six months. Pastor John already knew I was a musician. We played together in some secular bands. Well, one secular band that I know of. And um, so I, I sat under the teaching, and then after six months, I got on the helps team, and I started playing bass, and I did that for quite a while. And then we moved up to North Avenue and everything, and I played bass there for a while, and then I went over to guitar and played guitar for a while, and then I also played uh, <clears throat> keys for a short time, and now I'm back playing guitar. But anyway, um, through all your life, you know, you go through various situations and stuff, and at one point, God called me. Um, I was playing in bars and stuff. That was my living. I was a professional musician for 25 years, and um, God told me at one point, you know, I was seeking his face, and he said, I want you to, I want you to do that, get out of bars and stuff. And so I got out, I quit, I quit the band, and I went to work at Memorial Gardens as a counselor. But the only problem is you had to sell, too. Well, I had a hard time cold calling people and say, hey, how would you like to have a, let me supply the, what do you, whatever, the, the air, you know, your grave, whatever you want to say. And it was just, it's a very hard thing. So I did that for, you know, about three months, and then I decided that wasn't my thing, and I went back into playing. And then after about a year or so, God called me out again. And all during this time, Pastor John knew I was, he knew what I was doing. He knew I was working in, you know, working in bars and stuff. 
And I want to say it was uh, God gave him the mercy and grace not to say, hey, you need to get out of the bars. You need to do, you know, he knew this was my living. And so he just let the Holy Spirit talk to me. And so, uh, and, and I had some, I was playing on the praise team, but the internet, like, I'd be in Vernal, <laughs> Utah, and on Saturday night after we got through playing, I'd pack up my stuff and drive all the way back over here to Grand Junction and be here to play on the praise team that more. Sunday morning, or I was in Silverthorne, if anybody knows where Silverthorne is, that's a little ways away from here, and I would do the same thing. But anyway, I finally was able to um, get a job that was, I considered tolerable, a, I call it a straight job, if you're a musician, a straight job means a regular job, and, um, and I was able to do that, and I was married to a lady and then I, uh, that came to this church, and after 15 years, uh, she asked me, for a divorce. And so um, I uh, wanted to, uh, you know, she, she had just gotten to the point where she said she couldn't be fed here anymore. So we uh, looked around a little bit and we started going to some another church, but I was still kept my fulfillment here. I still came here every, and fulfilled, I was on the praise team. And I was always here to do what I was supposed to do here. They were having services on a Saturday, so we went on a Saturday. And um, I'm just saying that, and, and through that time, especially when this divorce happened, we were both Christians, we'd both come to this church. And I'll tell you, when something like that happens after being married for 15 years, it can shake you to your core uh, as a Christian. We were both Christians, and you might go, well, God, what happened? You know, I... I've been doing this, I've been serving faithfully, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But people have wills, and God does not make us into robots. So we all have to make, every day, we all make choices of what we want to do, and those choices either bring you closer to the anointing or farther away from the anointing. And so I, you know, I, I just, I kept doing this, I kept, I kept serving on the praise team. And the reason I'm saying that is because that was one of the things that kept me uh, strong in my faith. There's no other church in this valley like this church. This church has a militant faith. I call it militant. Militant means progressive, aggressive. If you go to all these other churches, and we can name them, they're mainly defensive. In other words, a bad situation happens, you react. You, you know, that's when they start praying. That's when they start seeking God's face. But like Pastor John says, if you're wise, you'll seek God's face when the skies are sunny. And so when that time comes, and the evil day comes to everyone, you will be ready. You'll be ready and you'll be full. And that's, that's what happened. The Lord said to, you know, he said to me when this was happening, he said, keep your eyes on me. Don't turn to the right or the left. Look to me, not to anybody else, and I'll get you through this. And he did get me through this. And all through that, I, but I'm going to say that, you know, playing on the, on the worship team kept me steady and kept my spiritual ears open to what he had to say. And now, and then, and then after a while, you know, I mean, I, at that time I was 48 years old, and I was like, God, I don't want to start looking for a wife at 48 years old. I've been out of this game for a long time. <laughs> I don't feel it. But I wanted to be married. The Bible says to find a wife is a good thing, you know. It's a treasure. 
And so I asked them, you know, and I mean, and I tried dating secularly a little bit. You know, I said, well, you know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So I tried dating some people that weren't going to church or that were secular, and they were nice people and stuff like that. But I said, you know, I want a woman of God, Lord. I don't want, you know, maybe that didn't work, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. And so he uh, had me, he introduced me to a lady that I'd been acquainted with, but we never, you know, we were just friends. And so, you know, I, wanna, I just want to say, though, but the keeping on the praise team or whatever part helps, you are doing a service to the body, and in consequence, you're serving the Lord, and he is faithful. God is faithful through everything you go through in life. God is faithful, and if you keep your eyes on him, he will keep his eye on you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Um, I actually asked several of the um, helps team people to, to send me... Uh, testimonies, and so I have a whole bunch. I'm not going to read them today. Um, I think I'm going to find a way to publicize, publish them because um, it's important that you realize just these everyday, everyday people that are serving you here are being blessed beyond measure. I'm going to read just one um, because none of these really address this part. <clears throat> I thought this was very interesting. I'm, I'm going to cut this out a little bit, but although everyone at the church was welcoming, I did not know where I fit in and would often rush to the car after service. I was actually approached about joining the media team. Although this was completely out of my comfort zone, I felt super unqualified. I took a risk and said, yes, being a part of the helps team was an answer to prayer and exactly what I needed. I finally felt like I belonged and was part of a bigger purpose. Um, and, and I'll plug the media team. It's one of the departments under me. You know, every Sunday, you, you hear people laughing back there and having a good time. In fact, one time they're like, are we disrupting pastor? And, and like that very same week on Monday, pastor's like, I am so happy to hear a helps team happy with each other. So I'm going to take a moment because, you know, we have these and, we, and, you know, and then we say, go out and take a look at the tables and people are like, what, uh, what is this about? So I'm going to talk just, just briefly about the departments that we have in the church because um, sometimes you're like, I don't even know what that means. So uh, these are not in any particular order except for that they, they, this is how they, they're on our, our tree chart. We have altar ministry and this is the people that you see up here uh, every Sunday. Uh, it, it is a, it is a department where we need couples to serve because men and women both come up and and they are tasked with praying for people after service they're they gather information after an altar call that sort of thing um you know anyhow we have a healing team and this is people this is a place for some mature christians who who know that as a believer you have been given the power the the authority Jesus Christ said, and these, these are one of the signs that shall follow believers, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Again, this works best if it's a couple. We have a housekeeping team. Aren't you, how many are happy that this church is a nice, clean church? 
we have guests come in here all the time and like, so how old is your church? And we'll tell them, it's like, wow, it looks like it's practically brand new. That's because we have an awesome housekeeping team. They serve once a week, once a week, maybe about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It kind of depends on what you do. But it's not like if you come and join the housekeeping team, you've got to keep the whole house clean. You have one portion, and you keep it clean. So they do that on Tuesday Tuesday nights mostly. A few people come in at different times during the week and do that. Um, maintenance and groundskeeping. Now, we, we put this out there. Um, you know, if you're a retired guy and you want to be available on maintenance, that'd be awesome. So I could call you like at any time, not like just Saturday morning, but anytime, that'd be great. Groundskeeping, obviously, there's not a lot of groundskeeping going on now, but again, we just like, we, and, and what we do with that is like, could you take care of this? Could you take care of this? Could you take care of this? We got somebody else who mows the lawn, but could you take care of that? Easy peasy. CMU, we have an outreach to CMU. We could use people to help with that. You don't have to be a kid. You can be really old. I was called the elderly by one of the kids at CMU. Um, <laughs> we meet on Thursday nights. Um, we have an usher team. This is, right now, this is the way we do it at Faith Heights Church. This is a team for guys. This is the team that I joined 26, 7, 8 years ago. I don't remember how long it's been. After about two months, I thought, I, I can't be here without being part. I, I really just can't. I, I, this church needs to be my church. And I will say, the day I joined the Usher team, it wasn't but just a, a short period, of, and I no longer was saying their church, I was saying my church. This will become your church. It, it's a lot easier for it to be your church when you're part. So Ushers, uh, you see them, they're the guys in the gray jackets and, and black shirts and all that good stuff. Um, they, they're basically tasked with keeping order and keeping things moving smoothly. Um, we do have a security team. Isaac touched on it. And I want to say this about the security team. If, if you're like, oh, I've kind of heard about it. You don't have to carry a gun, okay? And a security team could be people, both, both men and women. A lot of times women are a little more intuitive. They have, you know, they see things that guys don't see. Except for cops, they see everything. But anyhow, a good chunk, a good chunk of the security team, we want people watching. Like I said, you don't have to carry a gun. Um, so, and, and it's not like watching and then you have to stand in front of somebody. We declare we're never going to have a problem like that, but we're also going to be ready. Amen? We have parking lot attendants. I am thankful for our parking lot attendants. Do you realize that the parking lot attendants are the first representation of Faith Heights Church when a new person pulls into this parking lot? When a person comes to this church, the first face they see is that really nice guy. We take gals. You know? You could do that. Anybody could do that. So easy peasy. Um, in reach. Uh, is a meet and greet. We have a meet and greet room. Just being in there, just loving on people, just saying hello. If you're comfortable with that, just say, even if you're not comfortable, did you, you hear that testimony? Uh, Veronica's testimony and the one I read. I am so unqualified to do this. How about you just step out? I will say this so before I forget it. If, if any of these things kind of give you a little, you know, you feel, a, not, I don't mean that scratchy, like, eh, but some, it touches you right here, jump on it. I will say, too, go out there. Don't
don't rush for the door, please. Go out there. Talk to some of the department heads. Talk to some of the people that are in the departments. You do realize if you pick something up or you talk to somebody, you haven't made a commitment. We're not going to call you and say, when are you going to start? When are you going to start? You picked up a piece of paper. You talked. You talked to Kay. How come you're not on the, ca- uh, the cameras? How in the world did I miss media? I, I did. It's not on my list. Media! <laughs> we have cameras in here. Easy job. Super easy. Right, guys? Super easy. Actually, if you want to be on the camera, you need a steady hand. I don't mean you. And you do have these really cool chairs, so you don't have to stand there the whole time. But they, their, their job is to, to, to uh, videotape this. Videotape. To record it so that other people can see it. We do have a a congregation that watches us. Lots of people watch us. Part of the media team is also sound back in here. Uh, Isaac touched on that. We need sound people that have a good ear for music. Not that the ones we have don't. I, you know, where's, (laughs) we need more. Every one of these, let me say this. So you go, well, it looks like they got plenty of ushers. I bet you some of these ushers would like to not work every Sunday. Looks like they have plenty of greeters. I bet you some of them would like to not work every Sunday. You know, plenty of this, plenty of that. The more we have, the job gets spread out more and more and more. So you're not joining to take on this huge load. You're joining so that you can take up a little bit of the load. And that person, and this person, and this person, this is a place. So not only would you be serving the church, which is eternal, What you do for the body of Christ lasts forever. We do a lot of stuff. Now, I'm not saying it's bad, but we do a lot of stuff that will be nothing but ashes. Okay, we've got to go for it quick. Youth group, back in the back. We need need youth workers. Children's church, great place to work. I took a lot of time on my teams, and I'm blowing through Rachel's. Praise team, Uh, you know, if you're musical, talk to her. Um, We have have a a paid secretary, but we also have some positions in there for some some help during the week. Um, Easy, easy stuff. Events, we have events around here. We like to have a group of people to help put that together. Publications, if if you know anything about publications, we could use you. Uh, website, taking care of the website. You don't have to be a website guru. guru. Uh, yeah. uh, let me say this. Everything we do, media, all this stuff that we do that seems like, oh my goodness, you know, we have to learn it all. None of us came out of the womb knowing what to do. Most of us didn't come to Faith Heights Church knowing what to do. Healing school, we do healing school every Monday morning. And so we could use help there. And then we have outreaches. So anyhow, just take some time. Don't, don't rush out. I am not asking for people who are already on the helps team to join another one. I'm talking to, you know, I was going to have people stand up who are on the helps team, which it is a, an honorable thing, but I won't because of what I just said. I am asking the, the rest of you who do not currently serve on a helps team, consider it. Consider being part of the helps team.